Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Despite national average growth rate sitting at 47 kilograms, grass growth has declined to unprecedented levels in some parts of the country. In the first of a two-part interview, John Maher gives us the top management tips to get us through the drought period on farms. The current grassland situation nationally is very, very variable. If you go to the the southeast and the east coast, uh, things are very difficult. Growth rates are extremely low. Uh, we're into the teens um, and maybe maybe even lower. However, if you go to the western seaboard and you know more northern, like uh, growth rates are close enough to normal. So. In terms of grass growth in the country, even though Ireland's not very big, there's huge variation there between, uh, you know, um, south and east versus north and west, and then between dry farms and, you know, soils that are that are more heavier in nature or have um, in a high rainfall area. So there's huge variation. The growth uh, last week, um, there was a five-fold difference. We know that from Pasture Base Ireland. So some farms were only growing around 15 and some farms were growing in the 70s. So that's the variation that exists. However, where growth is very, very low, um, things are very challenging, yes. A recommendation that Chagas would have spoken in the past week or two would have been extending rotation length up to, say, 25 days. Yes. Should farmers hold rotation length at 25 or are we looking at extending it further? It it really depends on where you are and that you know, in terms of grass supply on the farm and then that'll determine the, the rotation length. Obviously, if you're somewhere growing into the into the 60s or 70s, you know, of kilograms of dry matter per hectare per day, you run a normal rotation length 20, 21 days. Although we do know from pasture-based data that growth is starting to decline, so you have to be wary of that too. Then if you go for a scenario where that the, the farm has only grown 30s, 40s, 50s, which is, you know, either two-thirds or only half of normal growth rate, um, you're going to have to try and hold the rotation length. And when you talk about holding rotation length, it's not looking back in terms of where you were um, 21 days ago. It's a matter of dividing the farm in, in, in proportion. So if I have 100 acres and I want to hold a 25-day rotation, therefore I must graze four acres a day. That's what we mean by holding rotation length. And for people who are short of grass uh, but not wiped out in terms of grass, they must try and hold rotation length. However, there are farms, particularly along the eastern coast and into Carlow and Wexford um, and down along that southern rim, um, you know, the growth is exceptionally low. They have little or no grass left. You know, holding rotation into that scenario, to me, you know, is nearly irrelevant. There's little or no grass on the farm and it's a case of taking alternative strategies. So it's a case of where you are with, with growth. If you're anyway reasonable in terms of growth, you hold rotation length. But if all the grass supply on the farm is so low at this stage, it, it's irrelevant. And in terms of farm cover per cow, you know, we'd always talk during the summer, uh, maybe, you know, a rule of thumb would be 150 kilograms per cow. How low would you go um, in terms of farm cover per cow? Well, just to give you an example, right. So the average stocking rate this week on pasture base Ireland, which is, you know, across the whole country is 35 and we've seen covers gone gone down as far as 200 and 250. You do quick sums here and, you know, we're into very low covers per livestock unit to the point that it's almost uh, irrelevant. You know, you divide the farm cover, divided by the stocking rate um, and, you know, it's it's very, very low. 
So, you know, if you talk to people who spend time in New Zealand or what they do during droughts over there and listen to the experience that you pick up from years gone by of droughts, whether it was 2013 or 2006, 1995, it comes to a stage where the grass will start to melt on the farm. And to me, at that stage, you know, you just might, you might as well eat the feed off the farm and then come with the alternative strategies of uh, dealing with you having no grass on the farm. So, look, I wouldn't like the farm cover to drop below 300, to be honest. Um, but some people are already there and the game is up until rain and comes. And then, you know, you're referring to eating the feed that's there. We want we want farmers to utilise grass and have a lower post grazing lower post grazing height. You know, you're talking your four four and a half centimeters. There's a challenge achieving that with the the grass that's there in terms of some of it's gone quite stemmy. What are the strategies that you would impose to mitigate um, you know, higher um post grazing heights? If you're grazing any normal covers, um, you know, uh, which at the moment would be somewhere maybe seven, eight hundred up to fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. You know, achieving the, the targets that we set out in terms of post grazing height to me can be achieved. The scenario becomes tricky where you're grazing in either higher covers, either because it's grass you've saved for second cut area or the grass that, that you've tried to bring into the system because you're you're tight on grass supply. Trying to graze that material down to three or four centimetres is going to be a challenge. Right. I think it needs to be cleaned off because that stemmy material uh, will grow nothing and um, it will eventually die and needs to be cleaned off. So in that type of scenario, I would probably uh, try the best I can I can with the animals and where I don't achieve it, I'll bring in a more and clean it off. And you're thinking about the next grazing rotation to have, you know, nice green leafy material coming back. The reality is, this, you know, leaf will grow something for you, stem will grow nothing for you. So the stem has to be removed, either be it by mechanical means or by grazing means. And maybe it's a combination of both. But look, I'd remove it off, off the sward, let the animals eat it. It's quite high in dry matter, quite sweet. Once animals have plenty of water, they're quite content. We know that. So do the best you can. Okay, and see, you're talking about cleaning it off once they graze it, um, where they don't, f- you know, fully clean it out. Mm. Topping post grazing as opposed to pre mowing. Have you a comment on that? I don't really. Some people are pre mowing, so to ensure that happens, um, either come in with the mower before or the mower afterwards. I don't get too hung up about it. Uh, I think it's the, it's the lesser of two evils to cut it off. To be honest, whether it's before or after. Um, the reason I, I I say that is that once you bring in mechanical means and weather like this, you're you're you know there is a disadvantage in that you're drying out the sward, you're opening up the ground to the sun, and probably making the soil moisture deficit worse. But uh, it's all about thinking about the next rotation. So I would like to do it on all the farm, but I'd like to do the portion where grass is very very messy. Uh, badly grazed, very stemmy, you know, to try and clean it off as best I can. And moving on then to fertiliser, you know, this is a a time of year where we spread a lot of fertiliser, we see a lot of growth. Um, What's your recommendation in terms of fertiliser and, say, soil water at the moment? Okay, so the reality is depends where you are. Um, Again, for those who are growing normally, they they spread away normally, right? So anybody who's doing growth rates of 60s or 70s, uh, I think they continue as normal. Right, even in, even those in the fifties, so um, and that's certain parts of the country. Now, other parts of the country in which there is little or nothing growing, to me, it's just time to put away the fertilizer for park it up, and we and and it may remain parked until such time as rain is in the horizon and a reasonable quantity of rain at that. I'm not talking about one or two millimeters. I'm talking something a little bit more substantial than that. 
right? Because, you know, we talk about soilmeister deficit, but like in many of those parts of the country, the soilmeister deficit is now three to four inches. And we know every day um, that the, the, the sun is taking out three or four millimetres um, uh, per day out of the soil. So if I do that in a week, that's an inch every week. So people know how long they've been dry. So it's not unusual now to have three or four or five inches of a soil moisture deficit in certain parts of the country. And when there's no moisture there, well, then the fertiliser can't work, right, in those scenarios. Right. Just in terms of soil moisture deficit, then, um, like where we're one to two inch deficit, I will still have a go at applying fertiliser. I might be a little bit more cautious about the rate. I mightn't apply the full rate, but I'd certainly apply half rate or a bit with it. I will probably be more proactive in terms of applying fertiliser in that scenario. What I mean by that is, instead of waiting for the animals to graze the field and then apply the fertiliser, I'll apply it beforehand. Preferably at night, take advantage of the cover of grass, take advantage of the dew to get some level of moisture to melt the fertiliser granule and get some sort of breakdown of the granule so it'll go into the soil. So I'll be more proactive. So... Um, if I take a farm that's growing 50s, 60s, um, they will continue as normal. For those who are in the 30, 40 bracket, growing some level of grass, I'll pick the paddocks that have the most grass in them and apply the fertiliser four or five days even before the animals go into that paddock to take advantage of whatever moisture and cover of grass is there to help get the fertiliser into the soil. Applying fertiliser onto a farm that's already brown and dried out, to me, you know, it, I wouldn't apply it. Just, you just pack up that, that, that fertiliser. The other thing to be aware of, the choice of fertiliser type is important here. Anything that's can-based, when I say can, C-A-N, that's safe, right? And even, uh, you know, um, 18612 or 27255, they're all safe. You know, they won't be lost. They won't be used, but they won't be lost. However, there are other fertilizers like urea. You can't use that at the moment. And even some of the protected ureas, um, you know, that inhibitor that protects that urea form from going to ammonia, that will break down after four, five, six, seven days. So I'll move away from those as well. So it has to be CAN based or nothing. Picking up there on soil moisture deficit, you mentioned it and we're even hearing about it in the news and the weather at the yes. moment. Can you fully explain what that actually means to us? Yeah. So, look, I suppose a, a key point is, you know, it's, it's, it's the amount of moisture in the soil relative to growth and, and things like that without getting too complicated about it. Right. So, obviously, you know, in the wintertime, there's, uh, you know, there can be too much moisture in the soil. When you get the soil moisture deficit zero, you have, you know, a reasonably dry soil, but not not an, not enough to restrict growth. When we get to one inch, the, the, the plant will grow perfectly well with a one inch soil moisture deficit. When we get to two inches, right, at two inches of soil moisture deficit, there's a 25% uh, decrease in growth rate. And after that, it's like going over a cliff. Once we get to three inch, four inch, right, growth starts declining rapidly. And in some parts of the country, we're already at four inches because, as, as I said earlier, the sun is taking, on average, three to four millimetres of the soil every day uh, that we don't have rain with the temperatures we have. So one week is about an inch. So people who are three to four inches, right? We'll say four inches. We'll go to there to, to use that example. They're into growth rates just in the teens, somewhere between 10 to 15, maybe a small bit with it. So realistically, the week after, there'll be little or no grass growing. So... The first inch of soil moisture deficit is fine. The second inch at 25% de decrease in growth rate. After that, it's a huge fall over a cliff and growth rate de declines dramatically. And by the time you get to the four inch mark, there's little or no growth. 
just t- two other factors in, in the form of grassland that, you know, people are working on at this time of year. A lot of people took advantage of the good weather in May and decided to recede some yes. ground. OK, where they've receded, you know, what, what sort of effects are they seeing? And, you know, can they do anything to try and improve the situation? Yeah, this is, while we have a feed deficit in many parts of the country, this is another farm management task that's really suffered with the weather. There are many people who have receded, took advantage of the good weather. Um, unfortunately, April was a poor month to start receding, so it got delayed into May. There are some receipts I've seen that have been uh, completed in May and got some level of rain. They're above ground. They're not. It's not doing brilliantly, but it's above ground and, and, and the plant will survive, so I've no issue with that. Where receding took place, you know, in late May, um, and particularly into June, uh, they've had see, received no little or no moisture since. And in that scenario, you have three. You've, you probably have three three uh, cases. You've the one case where the seed hasn't germinated, and that's probably a good place to be um, for the moment. There is another case in that soil where the 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 plant um, or the the grass seed has started to germinate. Probably won't survive because there's not enough moisture around, and that plant is lost. And then you have the third case in which the plant has germinated. We've got some level of leaf, but really struggling with moisture stress. And that's really a toss of the coin whether that plant will survive or not. So for many then, they're asking about applying, um, you know, or rolling or applying water. The rolling will help conserve a level of moisture. That should have happened. It may do a small bit. However, like to apply one inch equivalent of rain is about 25,000 gallons per acre. So, obviously, if I have 10 acres of reseeding, you know, to me, irrigation in that scenario is just practically impossible. Irrigation will work somewhat where you have um, maybe a two inch deficit, soil moisture deficit, but where you're up at three or four inches, it's it's going to have no impact on, 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 on germination of the success. So, for many, unfortunately, they're going to have to wait till rain comes, see what germinates. Um, and act quickly when that rain comes and maybe do some oversowing. What I mean by oversowing is like applying a half rate of, back, uh, of grass seed where we have some level of germination, a half rate of back grass seed per acre, which is about seven kilos, right? And, um, and, and using that to try and up the grass seed population. And the, the threshold comes down to if you stick a pen or a pigtail in the, in the soil, right? Uh, pigtail steak um, and once we have a plant every four inches we can salvage that grass that, that reseed however for many unfortunately it'll be a case of you know doing a fair degree of over sowing so it doesn't mean going in and ploughing or retilling the field it's just a matter of applying grass seed when the moisture comes rolling it then to conserve that moisture and try and get germination all the big things as regards you know seedbed preparation are completed so, you know, we just, then, we just have to wait. And the next thing, you know, p- people are talking about this time of year is the second cut silage. So they've caught in late May, early June and re-fertilised the ground. Uh, what's the recommendation there? Yeah, OK. So it depends when we cut the silage. I, like I've seen crops of silage cut on the 23rd of May. They've got um, a level of recovery now. They might have two, two and a half thousand kilograms of dry matter. They've, t- they've For want of a better way of describing it, they've nearly half a crop. Now, some of that is still growing, some of it has stopped, some has gone to seeding, right? So in that scenario and where you're short of feed and where it can be grazed, I will do that rather than make it into silage to refeed it, okay? 
There's other crops that were first crops, first cut crops were cut well into June, and the level of recovery is way lower, right? And I think they won't do anything now, given the way the weather forecast um, has been and is coming, and it's it's a case of just you know. Um, salvaging that for want of a better way either by grazing it or putting it into a bale because its chances of growth are, are very limited and you know you don't want this feed for want of a better way of describing it lost so where where the crop is very low in yield or gone very stemmy or starting to melt away I think you have to go in and salvage what's there by grazing or cutting where crops were um, fertilised fully um, and still growing, I'd still I'd let them still grow away. Some people have to graze them and they're worried about the level of fertiliser going out on them. So to me, you can do a little bit of mixing and matching here. I might graze them by um, night, preferably, and then go into another field by day to try and get over the you know nutrient-rich grass that might be there from having plying slurry and maybe 18 units of nitrogen. Saying that the dry matters are very high, saying that the sugars are very high, so the cows may find them palatable enough to graze them, right? So, you know, in an extreme scenario where the grass is very, very sour or rank because of uh, the fertiliser that's there in them and not growing actively, the, 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 the swart could actually be even cut down, let wilt. When it let, when it's wilted, the sugar increases, the dry matter increases, it becomes sweeter and more palatable and people can manage it like that. I think the easiest way is to do silage ground by night and um, uh, graze, uh, normal grazing ground by day. And the reason I say that is in, in the evening time, the sugars and dry matter are at the highest, so it makes it the most palatable. That's part one of the interview with John. Part two of advice on how to manage your farm into recovery mode in August will air in the coming days. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.